What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Me and You TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and today we will be discussing Wednesday, episode six titled Quid Pro Woe. You try to say that really fast. It's not happening. <laughs> oh my goodness, y'all. I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. I just did one review. I'm going to go ahead and knock this other one out, and I got to be up by five o'clock. Y'all pray for me. But tomorrow is Friday, so it's the weekend. So, yeah, we just going to knock out that, that 12 tomorrow and see how it goes. It's going to be a good day tomorrow. All right, y'all. I hope everybody is having a wonderful night. Um, I hope everybody is going to have an amazing weekend. We are getting ready to enter a new year. So I hope you got your re- your resolutions ready, if that's what you're into. Um, if you're starting your resolutions early, I hope that you maintain them as you go into the new year and just keep up with them, you know, as the months progress, okay? So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. So... We start off with Wednesday holding a seance to communicate with Goody Adams about how to hone her psychic ability, right? Just then, when it seems like she's gotten some contact, because the door burst open and all the candles blow out, through the door walks Enid. <laughs> and she's wondering, or maybe not, just what in the world Wednesday is up to, Okay. And so Wednesday tells her that she's made a few attempts to try to contact Goody, but she seems to just be getting ignored by her. And so just then a letter slides under the door with magazine cutout letters that reads, if you want answers, meet inside Crackstone's Crypt, midnight. Ooh, spooky. This is getting good, y'all. So Ina was like, okay, well, I'll accompany you. She's being a good friend. She accompanies her, and of course, going up there is hella creepy. And so she's like, maybe I'll just serve as a lookout because she's too terrified to go in. But it's all a ploy just to get her there so they can celebrate her birthday, y'all. That's so sweet. So she she gets onto Thing because she feels like Thing is the mastermind behind all of this. They even got her a cake with the Reaper holding a balloon on top, y'all. I love it. And it's a pink balloon. <laughs> And so she is not amused, y'all. She is not happy to celebrate her birthday at all, okay? Um, and so just then, because they're actually in Crackstone's Crypt, she spots this sign that's in Latin that reads, Fire will rain when I rise. And so she tells them about the first part being burnt into the lawn, but there's still more concern about eating some cake. Y'all, I ain't gonna lie. That probably would be me, okay? I'm like, when are we going to cut this cake? Girl, can you please go ahead and cut your first slice so I can get the second slice or the third one, okay? <laughs> That's me all day. And so, y'all, what's y'all favorite cake? Do you like icing on it? Because a few of my friends don't like to eat the icing at all. Y'all, I love all parts of the cake, okay? I love it. My favorite is chocolate with a chocolate ganache and the whip like chocolate oh my gosh baby Ooh. or if you just want to be a plain bitch today marble will do okay if you haven't tried marble cake get into it okay especially the ones from Publix if you got a Publix in your state in your community 
go to Publix and get you a cake. Do yourself a, a service, okay? And go get your cakes from Publix. Just saying, they have the best cakes. They're worth every penny. Y'all let me know what y'all favorite cake is. I'm having a whole moment over here. But back to Wednesday and the mausoleum of secrets. <laughs> y'all love how I did that. I miss Harry Potter. She runs her hands over the phrase. And as soon as she does that, y'all, she has a vision. So as soon as she crosses over, Crackstone is coming. Crackstone is coming. And she ends up seeing Goody. And Goody tells her that there's no way that she can control a raging river. She's got to learn how to navigate it without drowning. That's all you can do. Okay, you just do the best that you can. But time is running out either way. She's got to find this specific place that they're standing in front of. So they're standing in front of some place like with gate with a gate on it. It's like a real one of those uh old iron rock gates, y'all. That's what it looks like. This old abandoned house. Okay. And so she also warns uh Wednesday that her path is one that she has to travel alone. She will only be able to see the darkness in others, never fully trusting them. And then she disappears into the night. Okay. Just as soon as she came, that's as soon as she disappeared. So Wednesday's got some thinking to do. So Wednesday is drawing the place that she saw in her vision, and Enid is trying to get props for pulling one over on old Wednesday, right? She was like, Yeah, but did you did you like it? Did you see how I did? <laughs> I know you liked it. And so Thing ends up pulling out a gift that her parents had gotten her, but they told Enid to hide it from her, you know, while they were there. Or before they left, they gave it to Enid to hide. So, y'all, it's a taxidermy kit, right? <laughs> and in there, there are frozen squirrels. And so Enid was like, oh my God. And Wednesday was just like, I would have preferred live squirrels, but these are the. And so Enid hands her one more gift. And she's like, oh, this one's for me. Y'all, it's a black snood. And. Y'all, I graduated the top of my class. I swear I did. But I did not know what a snood was, okay? So I looked it up. And it's basically like one of those old-timey fishnet-looking, like, hairnet things that you put on your head, okay? But this one is much thicker, okay? This is like one of the modern-day ones. It's very nice, very thick, like I said, for when it's super cold outside. It kind of reminds me of, like, an infinity scarf because that's how you can wear it. Or you can just pull it up over your hair, and wear it like that too. So that's how Enid intended for it to be worn. But that's not the best part. The best part is she's got one too. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and so Wednesday was like, you know what? We should just save these for a special occasion. Like a funeral. <laughs> I'm so done with Wednesday. It's the thought that counts, okay? So, Wednesday's got a snood now. So, Mayor and Headmaster are conversing, and he's Apollo Lion. He ain't apologizing. He's Apollo Lion for his son, talking about he feels awful for what he did at the dance. Yeah, right. And so, Headmaster doesn't seem to believe him neither, but she's actually blaming him for burning up the lawn. And Mayor was like, nah, he couldn't have done that because he'd been grounded for the last week. Like, my son didn't do that. And so she tells him that she just wants to find the scoundrels responsible for the deed. He was like, yeah, well, we'll take care of that right after we find the person responsible for Eugene's attack. But he don't call him Eugene. He calls him the Ottinger boy. 
I didn't know that was his last name, y'all. I apologize. Although the incidents point to one of Nevermore's own. And so she was like, you know what? My charity is running thin with you, okay? Just find the people that's responsible. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. So Wednesday is on the lawn when Xavier rolls up beside her, asking her about what happened last night and her vision. And she's she's just not ready to confide in him. Matter of fact, she feels like they're not even supposed to be speaking right now. Why are you even talking to me? Because I didn't think we was cool like that right now. <laughs> and so he was like, you know what? It's cool. But when you need my help, you know where to find me. And he walk off. I wouldn't keep making myself available. Like, you got to be a real good friend for me to just keep extending myself like that. Anyway. Wednesday learning. She growing. So, Lucas is doing community service, cleaning the windows, and never more when Bianca sees him and asks him about his bracelet, right? Because she spotted as soon as she come in. And he says that he got it from some lady at the weather vane last week, and she mentioned Morning Song and how it could refocus his life. So, he signed up. Her damn mama, y'all. Y'all know that's where he got it from. And so Bianca warns him, it's quite the contrary. They don't care about him at all. They just care about his money because of his status and who he is in in Jericho. And she tells him to delete the app before they sink their claws into him because obviously he's an easy target. He's very gullible. And so he invites her to join him at the weather vane later on, and she just kind of smirked, okay? So she might actually be trying to consider talking to Lucas. We're going to see what happens. So Wednesday ends up visiting Eugene, and she's talking to him about how she used to enjoy her birthdays because not only does it bring her closer to Death's sweet embrace, but because her parents used to actually make them very memorable. Okay, she remembers the perfect surprises, the cakes, and I ain't gonna lie, y'all, that cake, although it probably didn't taste good, it was very um creative. I I really liked how her cake looked because it's dark, y'all know, she dark, but I before a dark cake, I liked the way that it looked, even though it probably looked like it didn't taste good because it had black on it. And she remembers the games with real spiders y'all so they show her in the flashback of her hitting this pinata and y'all when the pinata broke because it was a spider pinata when the pinata broke real spiders actually crawled out <laughs> and everybody that was expecting candy y'all the spiders start coming out <laughs> and they ran i ain't gonna lie i probably would have been the first one out the door but anyway so, as she's telling Eugene all this, Kimbot shows up to visit him as well. And they talk about her progression with her family because she hadn't seen Wednesday since their uh, family therapy session. And she was like, okay, what you here for? And she, Kimbot tells her that um, she's there to check in on Eugene because him, uh, his moms are out of town. And so, she asks her who's goody before she leaves. And Wednesday replies that she's a very distant cousin. Very distant. And so Wednesday tries to put up a front that she's still, you know, just as cold as the day that they met. But Kim Bob reminds her that a cold, heartless person wouldn't come to visit a friend in the hospital and be feeling guilty about his condition. Touche, Dr. Kim Bob. So Kim Bob, one, Wednesday, zero. <laughs> she's got a point. 
Meanwhile, Mayor is at his office when he receives a copy of, of a death certificate that he's been waiting on and apparently it's coming from London. And so he opens it up and it's the death, it's the death certificate of baby sister Gates, right? Laura Gates, that's a real name. And apparently she was a student who was never married, but why is he requesting her death certificate? Like, what's really going on there? So Tyler... Um, because Wednesday shows up at the weather vane. Tyler brings her a latte with happy birthday, like scribbled in it. He said he'd been working on that all week, y'all. She pretty special to him. Tyler, Tyler's infatuated with her. And so he reveals that he was also the one who dropped off her cake. Y'all, Wednesday is my type of girl because she like dark chocolate too. Yeah, aside from the selfish stuff that she be doing. Me and Wednesday be vibing. We could be friends. She pretty sarcastic. So Tyler asked her out on a date. And she was like, I would. No, she didn't even say that. I'm lying, y'all. <laughs> In my head, I was hoping that she said she would. But but she tells him that she's got a tight schedule, a tight deadline to stick to. That's her exact words. So that's a no for right now, but not forever. So we'll see what happens. And so she ends up showing him her drawing and ask if he knows where that place is. But he was like, no, I don't know where that is. And then they just sit there in this awkward silence for a minute. He was like, did I do something wrong? Because you've been giving me the cold shoulder since the Raven. But she never gives him an answer. Poor Tyler. Like, she just get that man the blues. So just then the sheriff comes in and she tells him her theory on Crackstone and what was on the line being linked together, right? But he ain't got time to listen to her right now. Meanwhile, over to Xavier. Xavier is getting his artist on in the studio, right? When uh, Wednesday comes to visit him. And so she says that she needs his help. And uh, don't gloat right now because now is not the time. But she needs his help trying to identify the location from her drawing. But y'all... Xavier's actually got the same drawing, but his is better. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> and he said that he drew his a few days ago because he started having the dreams again. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm having the dreams again, but I'm not seeing the monster, but I can I can still try like kind of feel him, you know, kind of like off in the distance in my dream. He's there, he's just lurking." Okay. And so he tells her that, yeah, he does know the place in the drawings he, because he passes it on his runs. And so Thing gets their attention and pulls off like the sheet covering this canvas, right? And y'all, it is a very dark and very vivid picture of Wednesday playing her cello when she was out, you know, like on the rooftop playing her cello that night. And he says that he noticed how she got lost in her music. And honestly, that's the only time that he's able to see the real her. And she just kind of stares at it. Like she's entranced. Like it's it's so cool, y'all. Like whoever does the drawings, like they're dope. Okay. I don't know if he does those for real, for real. But whoever does them, they're dope as hell. And so she's at a complete loss for words. And so she just ends up walking out because she doesn't know what to think. Okay, but I mean, the picture is pretty awesome. So maybe she was just too amazed to say anything. Maybe she's got mixed feelings at this point. I don't know. 
So Bianca's at the weather vane and she's waiting on Lucas, I'm assuming, when Tyler asked her to give Enid's gift to Wednesday because Wednesday left it there. I don't know if that was on purpose or on accident. Probably on purpose. <laughs> and so she was like, why don't you give it to her? Ain't you a boyfriend? And he was like, definitely not. And she was like, okay, all right, I'll take it. So just then, as she's getting ready to walk out, Lucas comes in and says that he took her advice and deleted the app. And he was like, okay, but why are you really here? Like, why are you why are you trying to talk to me? And she tells him that she just wants to be able to actually feel like a genuine connection with someone because her mom tells her otherwise, okay? And because they're sirens, they don't know if people really um, appreciate them for who they really are or if, you know, they're just putting on the front. And considering that he's a mayor's kid, he feels like he's also got something to prove to people that he's, you know, he's going to have to make something, you know, of himself and prove that to society, that he can't be somebody as well. And so um, they just, they have a little connection because Bianca says that she wants the same thing. She just wants to prove herself to her mom that she can do better than just being a siren and manipulating folks to uh, make them feel a certain way about her. So... We'll see what happened. They may have a little something brewing, but we're going to put them on pause for a minute. So Wednesday is at the place in her drawing. It's where the Garrett's used to live, okay? And, well, Garrett Gates. It's where the Gates used to live. And it's just as deserted and as abandoned as you can imagine, okay? So whatever you picture in your head, <laughs> as far as abandoned properties, like the overgrown weeds, like, yeah, paint missing or chipped or whatever all of that okay it's all of that and so as she gets ready to walk into the house the doorknob jiggles and out comes the mayor he been in the house but why is he there what is really going on y'all so she tells thing that she needs uh needs to use him as a distraction but before he can execute anything we see that the mayor is on the phone leaving the sheriff a voicemail saying that he thinks he knows who's behind all of this and so they make plans to um meet at the weather vane over pie and thing is flicking like twigs to try to distract him so wednesday can sneak into his trunk right and so he finally arrives at the weather vane and is walking to the building when all of a sudden this car comes and runs him over Y'all, when I tell y'all my jaw dropped, my jaw dropped, okay? Was not expecting that clearly out of left field. And so, of course, the sheriff sees it, runs out and screams to call an ambulance, you know, just get some help. And so the ambulance is there. They finally arrive and they get him all squared away and get him taken off to the hospital. And so he's barely alive. And Sheriff wants Wednesday to make another statement. This one, he wants to be in more detail because she was like, I already gave you, I already gave your deputy a statement. I told her that I saw a blue Cadillac with no tags. Like, what else do you want from me? And so then he pulls out this recorder and starts grilling her, y'all. And he was like, why were you in the back of the SUV? And she says, because she saw him leaving the Gates Mansion. And he was like, okay, well, what were you doing there? And she... Her smart ass said house hunting. <laughs> and 
so then she shifts and she says that she she uh she mentions the voicemail that the mayor left and the sheriff says that back when mayor was the sheriff and he was hung up on the case like he just couldn't solve it he couldn't figure it out they would talk it over over pie at the weather vane and of course wednesday states the obvious that the sheriff must have been getting too close for comfort to someone uh if someone felt compelled enough to do a hit and run on him which is very true and so she was like you know it's got to be something with the gates in their house and so she hands him back his recorder and she leaves as much as he don't like wednesday he gotta admit that she's definitely on to something so y'all headmaster is snapping off like she is taking flight on wednesday about always being in the middle of whatever madness is going on at that particular time and says from now on until further notice the school is on full lockdown and her off-campus privileges are revoked okay you can't go nowhere you got to stay here so later on she's up in a room when mrs thornhill comes to check on wednesday and um she actually defends headmaster's decision to keep wednesday on campus because she's just trying to keep wednesday safe according to miss thornhill let her tell it and so she asks Wednesday how the novel is coming along and she she tells her that it seems to be coming along pretty well. So Miss Thornhill was like, you know, I thought about you earlier today when I saw this book. And so I just grabbed it for you to give it to you. And so she hands her a copy of Frankenstein, which I didn't know that um, the Shelley, the Arthur Shelley, she ended up writing that piece when she was 19 years old. That is amazing. Um, and so Wednesday kind of compares Frankenstein to uh headmaster and well, Shelly the headmaster and says that, you know, she makes moves like she's doing stuff for the greater good, but she has all the bad intentions in the world. And Wednesday hands her the book back. And so, um, you know, Thornhill tries to recover and say, you know, that they, she thinks that they have a lot of stuff in common, but Wednesday quickly dismisses that. Like, she was like, no, we don't have a lot in common. I'm not cool with you like that. And she tells her <laughs> that she don't need her help, nor does she need her pity, okay? She already got a mama and a therapist, and for even her, that's enough torture. And so, Thornhill just all she can do is sigh because she just feels so dejected by Wednesday Wednesday be slaughtering people's feelings like I don't think she understand how how uh deadly her tongue is and so Thornhill ends up leaving feeling hella dejected I feel so sorry for her um even though I feel like she is this missing gay's daughter but we'll come back to that so Wednesday ends up calling Tyler to tell him that she's actually going to take him up on his offer after all. Um, and he's to pick her up at eight o'clock and tells him when he gets there to cut his lights off. Because, you know, they're not supposed to be leaving. So, yeah, we're going to see how to sneak out, uh, <laughs> how to sneak out go. So Sheriff overhears his combo with Wednesday and reminds him to stay away from Wednesday because it's girls like her that'll get him hurt. Trust him. He know. And so Tyler was like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, is you taking shots at my mama? And he was like, nah, you know what? Never mind. Nah, I know you're not taking shots at her because that will require you to actually talk 
about her. And that's just something that you won't do. And so the sheriff walk up on Tyler and they standing face to face because, you know, him and Tyler are the same height. Tyler might have a little bit of a high edge on them just by an inch or two. And um, they stare each other down real quick. And then the sheriff was like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I got to go see the mayor. <laughs> and so he tells Tyler to um, be home by curfew. And that's it. And so, oh, before he leaves, Tyler was like, did you ever love my mama? And the sheriff was like, more than you could ever know. Y'all, who is Tyler's mama? Who is Tyler's mom? I don't know. And I want to know what happened to her, too. Is it Laura? No. It couldn't be. Maybe it's, I don't know. We going to find out. Anyway, so... Wednesday convinces Enid to sneak off campus with her by using her wolfing out as an excuse um, to, you know, try to get off campus without necessarily getting in trouble. And so Wednesday was like, oh, okay. A little mischievous. Okay, I see you. And so Enid was like, girl, we don't even wear our snoods. Guess that special occasion is now, huh, Wednesday? So Enid and Tyler, because by the time they get in the car, Enid was like, wait, I thought I thought this was supposed to be like a girl's night out. And so Tyler was like, wait, I thought we were supposed to be going on a date. And then Enid was like, this is our Uber driver. <laughs> it was just a whole bunch of confusion. So Wednesday done deceived both of their asses, okay? And tells them, tells them that there's been a change of plans. Meanwhile, Xavier comes by to talk to Wednesday and he's outside on the rooftop and like I said he's trying to talk to her because he hears some click clacking going on on the typewriter because Wednesday told Thing to do his thing so you know they would think that somebody was there when they're really not so he sneaks through like the window because you can just push the window to the side and come through and um he realizes that Wednesday isn't there, so the jig is up. Y'all, is Thing gonna give up uh, Wednesday's location? <laughs> we gonna see. So, Ian and Tyler and Wednesday arrive at the Gates house, and Ian and Tyler were like, we don't want to do this. And Wednesday was like, this is what I wanted to do for my birthday. I didn't want to do a dinner. I didn't want to do a party. I wanted to go break in break in and enter somebody else's house <laughs> well this abandoned house and so they check out the garage and y'all in the garage they find the car that actually hit the mayor so this is somebody's hideout okay and so then they go in the house and y'all it is giving all the major creepy vibes okay anything that you can think of like creepy that's what's hidden okay so she ends up spotting like this family portrait that's hanging and y'all the family portrait look like it hasn't aged at all okay which is another weird thing because a lot of stuff has cobwebs on it but this picture doesn't and so then they go into the office and again she spots a spot where there's no cobwebs no nothing no dust none of that well it's dust but it's not as much dust as it is everywhere else and so she touches it and it slides back and opens up to like this altar that's dedicated to Crackstone. Y'all, who is here? 
okay? So, it's like I said, it's an altar and it's got all these candles like lined up, right? So, she feels inside the candles and she's like, oh, snap, they're still warm, which means somebody was just here. And so, she's like, Tyler, go ahead and check out the rest of the downstairs while me and Enid go upstairs and split it, right? So, Enid goes upstairs and she is freaking out because this is how people die all the time, okay? We don't split up. We stick together. We we work better with numbers, okay? <laughs> and so... Although Enid is freaking out, she actually finds something in Laurel's room. So Wednesday runs over there, and like I said, in Laurel's room, it looks like everything is still in mint condition, like it recently lived in, because there's no dust there. There's fresh roses or fresh flowers. Like, there's no dust on anything. And so they end up, uh, Wednesday is a spot in like this ballerina box, and then all of a sudden they hear this noise, right? And we can see that somebody is peeking like through a crack or something. This is somebody that ain't supposed to be there. So Wednesday ends up grabbing the ballerina box. And as they run for the stairs, y'all, to run out, they hear Tyler scream, guys, get out, it's here. And we hear him scream again as he gets mauled by the creature. Oh my God, y'all. Not another innocent victim. And they wasn't even supposed to be there in the first daggone place. Like, anyway, so the creature is starting to come upstairs. And they ended up escaping through the dummy waiter, right? But not before they come out of out with this creature. Like, he is there, okay? And so they close the dummy waiter door and Wednesday ends up taking like her snoot off and wrapping it around the the uh the latch to make sure that the seal is super tight so the creature can't open it right the creature ends up clawing through the door but it's it's just like a claw thing like a mall thing and the rope ends up breaking because they start feeling all this shaking and stuff. So I don't know, like, if the creature is on top of the thing, like, clawing at the rope to make the rope break. But, y'all, the rope breaks and they fall, okay, all the way to, like, the basement. I'm assuming this is a basement. But it's, like, some scientific stuff going on down here. And um, down here in these jars, we see jars with feet and, like, parts of faces, okay? And so... The creature ends up finding out where they are pretty fast and makes his way down there as well. And so before they escape, Wednesday realizes that in the jars, the feet and the faces are actually the missing pieces from the creature's victims. And this is probably um, where they pulled them from the morgue, right? Because the coroner had that foot in his possession for sure because y'all remember he was keeping it in the fridge so um like i said she realizes that these are the missing pieces from the victims and any was like girl i don't care about that like let's hurry up and get the hell out of here so they barely escape with their lives and Amy is livid because Wednesday was like, we got to go back. And she was like, no, we don't. Like, we barely got out of there. What are you talking about? And so Wednesday was like, no, we have to go back and get Tyler. And so they find Tyler and he's 
he got mauled okay he got he got clawed but he's okay he's gonna live and like i said enid is still pissed about the whole situation because it's still her birthday they this is not the way that she planned on celebrating with her friend and so then y'all out of nowhere xavier shows up so thing must have gave him up or he's the creature probably thing gave him up like xavier is such a red heron i don't think he's a creature so um like i said i don't know where he he pops up okay so they all go to the sheriff's house to clean tyler up when sheriff comes in and peeps the the scene like assesses the situation and immediately goes for wednesday okay not like to harm her physically but like to verbally go for her um but she tells him that everything as they go back to the uh she as she's telling him everything because they're going back to the gates house she's explaining everything but now when they go back y'all it's completely cleared out i mean completely wiped okay nothing's there not the car not the lab not the jars no nothing so whoever the creature is they must have transformed back into human species and then transfer all of that shit threw it in 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 the car and got the hell out of there so um yeah it's it's just so weird but sheriff gives her something to think about by asking her you know was it worth it to put your friend's lives in danger was it was it worth you putting my son's life at risk my son almost died tonight like was it worth it and obviously his answer is no and so he forbids her from seeing tyler and from pursuing anything more involved in this case so now what's wednesday gonna do so he drops her off where she runs into headmaster because she's making her way back into the dorms and of course they discuss the possibility of her being expelled because she wasn't supposed to leave ground she broke rules right so she ends up showing headmaster the picture that rowan had gave her and so the tells her the story behind it but she feels like she's meant to actually save the school not destroy it and so because headmaster is supposed to be you know have the school's best interests at heart she decides to give wednesday one more chance because wednesday was like please let me try to save the school because that's what we're both after right and so headmaster was like all right whatever but if you step out of line just one more time that's it and so um xavier and enid are also spared too okay and so Wednesday gets to the room and we see Enid is packing her bags, y'all. And so Wednesday was like, Where are you going? Like, we're not in trouble. And so Enid tells her that she's going to go crash in Yoko's room because she is highly pissed at Wednesday. And she snaps off on her about being hella selfish and only looking out for self. Like, we didn't even cut the cake that I took the time out to consider to get you for your birthday and even though all of these people are talking mad shit about you i'm still trying to give you the benefit of the doubt to these people because that's what what friends do but you don't even do that like i could have lost my life you could have lost your life tyler could have lost his life everybody was put at risk tonight and you don't even acknowledge that you just wanted to go there to try to close out this mystery like she just snapped off on her and it had very valid points um wednesday was being very selfish in that moment but I guess she's maybe looking at the bigger picture um, because I don't know. But she did have valid points. 
And so Enid was like, you know what? If you want to be alone, you can be alone. And she walks out. And so now Wednesday has some serious thinking to do because this is the first time that it doesn't actually feel good for her to be alone. So maybe she is like slowly changing. Her heart is shifting, okay, just a little bit. And so she ends up pulling out the ballerina box and looking at it and then she closes it right back, right? But just when she does that, these pictures fall out from the bottom. And apparently somebody's been watching Wednesday real close because these are all pictures of her, like even with her family on a parent weekend and all this stuff like that. So somebody is watching her real close. But she knows that she's getting close because the creature cracks on the house and her, they're all connected some kind of way. And she says that she won't quit until she gets to the bottom of it. And y'all, as she's doing her closing monologue, somebody is creeping into the mayor's room in the hospital. They got black gloves on and everything to, I'm assuming, avoid leaving prints behind. And they pull one of the cords from his vent, essentially cutting off his life support, y'all. I don't think the mayor gonna make it. And that's the end of the episode, y'all. That episode was good. It was good, okay? (laughs) I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. But let me know what you guys think. I know y'all are probably already done watching it. Y'all probably screaming at me because I'm still trying to figure some stuff out, okay? Or if you're watching it with me, let's figure this out together. Let me know what you think. You can reach me at Menu TV Reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at my TV Reviews Podcast without the S on the end at gmail.com. Don't forget to share me with your people that you love, people that you hate. Just share me with everybody except for your grandparents, okay? Because I'm not there yet, y'all, okay? But that's all I got. Thank you to all the new and the old listeners. Y'all, we're going to reach 500 by the end of the year. I'm speaking it. We only got like 23 left, y'all. And I'm saying downloads, (laughs) y'all. I really, really do appreciate y'all. I did not think that this podcast would get off the ground as fast as it has. So I definitely appreciate you guys for listening to me and rocking with me. Um, Yeah, that's all I got for you guys. So until we meet over the airwaves again... I am Mo, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.